Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Today, a brief history of tech at the IRS, why it got so bad, and how it's getting better. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Dramali. If you asked for an extension on last year's taxes, the bad news is the filing deadline was yesterday. The good news, if you got it in, refunds are expected to get to you faster than they have in recent years. The notoriously obsolete technology running the IRS is getting a massive update. That's thanks in part to a $60 billion cash infusion from last year's Inflation Reduction Act, or the IRA. We're talking about tech that was considered cutting-edge in the 60s. Assistant Professor Erica Newman of the University of Dayton told me the IRS needs all the IT help it can get. Honestly, since 2010 or so, there's been kind of a significant string of cuts to the budget of the IRS. And what that's ultimately led to is a dramatic backlog, a reliance on a pretty archaic computer system that they're still using from the 1960s, and a lot of retirements of the IRS personnel. So they're just having some trouble keeping up. Now, when the pandemic hit, they were also tasked with a number of government programs, such as sending out stimulus checks and the advanced child tax credit payments, things like that. None of those factors helped relieve that backlog. They, in fact, exacerbated it. Yeah. So what was their technology like? You mentioned um, that they had technology from the 1960s. You know, frankly, I imagine a lot of Americans envision <laughs> the IRS is running on some pretty old systems. Definitely. So, yes, like I had mentioned, the IRS is currently working on a system called the Individual Master File, IMF, from the 1960s. And honestly, as early as the 1980s, the, the idea of the IRS as a as a technologically savvy agency has sort of been put to bed. So when the IRS first embraced technology in the 60s, they were sort of ahead of the curve and then basically never caught back up. So the most recent iteration of 
technology modernization at the IRS is this project called CADE 2. And this was implemented in 2009 and is set to be completed in 2030. So obviously a pretty long window of time there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What could change in, uh, what is that, 21 years? I know, especially (laughs) nowadays, right? So it's a it's a big it's a big transition and there's a lot of data and logic patterns things like that that need to be transferred over and there's a lot of challenges associated with that transfer not least of which is that those individuals trained in that computer language and those computer programs are retiring you know fewer are being taught those programs in school and it's it's taking a long time we'll be right back Welcome back. So change is already underway at the IRS, it sounds like. What do we know about how the agency is using its IRA funding, especially on the tech front? There's a lot of lore and a lot of talk right now about how the IRS is going to use that money to hire an army of agents. And they do want to increase their hiring. But what they really want to do, I think, is try to invest that money in becoming a more efficient agency. So basically trying to catch up with the private sector and other other sections of the government that have advanced technologically speaking. I'm not sure that taxpayers will be, you know, mind blown by the technological advances at the IRS. It's more catching them up so that taxpayers can interact with the IRS online just like they can interact with other private companies online. So they're used to, you know, real-time data access. Uh, voice and chatbots online, things things being updated in real time. Those are the types of sort of simple advancements that they could make with those funding increases. Um, catching people trying to get out of paying their taxes is probably one of the harder tasks that the IRS has. Um, and I wonder, how is this um, infusion of money going to help them on that front, do you think? Yeah, definitely. So, There's a lot of different ways that the IRS can use this funding to help aid in their enforcement efforts. And actually, the IRS has has been kind of using analytics and technology since the 1980s to try to aid its enforcement efforts. Um, But basically, what's changed as of late is, first, the breadth of data available to the IRS. So with people interacting online and making payments online and advertising online, There's a lot more publicly available data, and there's also a lot more privately available data available for purchase. And then they've got all these analytic tools like heat mapping, pattern recognition, um, anomaly detection, and they can mine that data and use those analytic tools to try to develop, you know, taxpayer profiles and identify instances of noncompliance. Hearing you say that there's third-party data that they could buy, I imagine a lot of those types of applications are built off of data from the IRS. I don't know how publicly available IRS data is, but um, you'd, you'd think that they already have a ton of this information at their disposal. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because so the IRS obviously has the data that is reported to them on information reporting forms. But there's a lot of data out there that's not required to be reported to them on information reporting forms. And when you think about this historically, you'd think about this like traditional cash, you know, under the table type transactions is what tends to, you know, not be paid taxes upon. So those traditional cash transactions are now being done online via things like Venmo, PayPal. 
And, you know, there's no 1099 if you sell your Taylor Swift tickets at a huge gain, but technically that is still a taxable gain to you. So if you're being paid and you're selling something like that on the side, or if you're doing some sort of freelance work, you might not be receiving a 1099. So the IRS might not necessarily be getting a tax form related to that income, but they still might be able to trace it in a way that they wouldn't have been able to 20 years ago if you were being paid cash. So it sounds like this additional funding could actually change the taxpayer experience. Yeah, I I think that broadly speaking, this is really going to improve taxpayers' experience of the IRS. Now, during the the worst of the pandemic, there were actually companies that popped up that you could pay a company to wait on the phone with the IRS for you because the waits on the phone were so long and interacting with the IRS was so tedious. And hopefully a lot of that will go away because we have a right to access that kind of data instantaneously or at least at least quickly and painlessly. And I think that this update of computer systems, update of technology should hopefully make those transactions pretty, pretty painless. That was Erica Newman at the University of Dayton. To Professor Newman's point about helping the IRS catch up with the private sector, the Inflation Reduction Act includes money to study the benefits of a free filing program run by the government. The sprawling tax preparation industry doesn't love that idea, but it's an initiative my colleague Megan McCarty Carino spoke about earlier this year on Tax Day with ProPublica reporter Paul Keel. Picture a world where your income and other details, which the IRS already has, mind you, autofills into such a program. Keel said it's far from the Mount Everest of tech challenges and would be a big help to tens of millions of lower income Americans who sometimes shell out hundreds of bucks for a service that he says should really be free. We've linked to that conversation on our website, marketplacetech.org. A recent report from the Government Accountability Office, or GAO, recommended the IRS set gasp timeframes for its many modernization initiatives. We posted the Wall Street Journal's summary of the GAO's findings. One director there was reportedly floored by what he found at the IRS, including the fact that one-third of custom-built software applications critical to the agency's operations are considered legacy IT. So old, it, and I quote, makes the typical member of Congress look young. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.